0: You are listening to Sequel Cast 2 and Friends, part of the Tokyo Beat Podcast Network.
1: You're still a dork, and I can still kick your ass. But I'm not going to. You know why? Cuz I'm the fucking stiffmeister, and you can take this job and shove it up your dick hole cuz I have a reunion to attend. Dudes,
0: hello and welcome to Sequel Cast 2, a podcast looking at movies and a franchise. One film at a time. I'm your host, Matt bradley Shurgi and this time around, we are talking about American Reunion, wrapping up the theatrical quadrilogy, I suppose, of the American Pie films. This uh, came out in 2012, directed by John Hurwitz and Hayden Schlossberg. Uh, with me is Thrasher.
1: Oh, he, uh, Jim, learned almost uh, too late that man uh, is a a feeling creature, and uh, because of it, uh, uh, the greatest uh, in in the universe. He learned too late uh, for himself that uh, men have to find their own way uh, to make their own mistakes. Uh, They can't be any gift of perfection uh, from outside ourselves. And and when men uh, seek such perfection, they find only uh, death. Or loss, uh, disillusionment, uh, the end of everything that's gone forward, and men have always sought uh, an end to toil and misery, uh, but it can't be given, Jim. Uh, it has to be achieved. Uh, there is hope, but uh, it uh, it has to come from inside, uh, from man himself, and anything else would uh, just uh, be straight tripping, boo.
2: And Alex. Oh, if you're talking services, Jim, like a like a happy ending, I just won't do that. You could you could pick things up, things you don't even want to know about, Jim.
0: Very good. Yeah. So,
1: so uh, right off the bat, I think we've hit a roadblock. I watched the American Reunion from 1976, uh, directed <laughs> and starring Darren McGavin, so I feel very unqualified.
0: I see. Yeah, I mean, if, if only Darren I McGavin if I was alive.
1: Now, but
0: it's just I, 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 we complained last time about American Wedding not being a good title, but American Reunion is even worse.
2: Oh yeah, I feel like this is an indication that a lot of the creative decisions for this movie were made because it was 4:30 and it was a Friday. <laughs> But I feel like they're like, hey, hey, Chet, a what's the, uh, do you have the title for the new America movie? He's like, um, yeah, America Clambake, American Potluck, American Stitchin' Bitch, American... Reunion, Reunion, yeah, fuck it, it's American Reunion. Let's get the copy in by four or
0: five, let's go home.
1: Yeah, now that you mentioned it, I feel like American Pie Homecoming would have been a better title.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That would have been good. I think also you, the, on the poster it says, Saving the Best Beast for Last, which it seems like they use in almost every single... <laughs> uh, poster for the series oh i
2: get it because it's a piece of pie but peace also refers to a sexual endeavor
1: indeed That's indeed
2: when you so say you, it out loud it's not funny
0: no and um <laughs> in the poster too it's just sort of it's, it's struggling right because you see how oh, these actors used to be uh, pretty close to high school age and now they're kind of they're older, but they're trying to make them look just as young as they used to. With Stifler, that rascally scamp.
1: Oh, Whoa. that that wacky boy, man, not guy. To throw the sequence off too hard, but during the credits, they show like photos of like just random moments from various previous films. And in some cases, if they didn't have the actor's name next to them, I would not know who those were photos of. <laughs>
0: Right, much. but it's it's uh, worth noting this film was directed and written by John Hurwitz and Hayden Schlossberg, who are better known for writing uh, all three of the Harold and Kumar movies, and then they directed the last two, Escape from Guantanamo Bay, uh, which that is a hell explain, of the title.
1: And that the, explain the, the, why John Cho has a few extra scenes in this Yeah,
0: in the Harold and Kumar Christmas uh, movie. So it is, I, I think that the writing here is a bit better in some ways i think it takes some some chances on the other hand i mean if we thought american wedding felt lawn in the tooth this one uh i think sort of does like threefold and we'll, we'll discuss it um allegedly according to Tara Reed, an american pie five has been written it's a great script and they're going to do it but uh, what can they possibly do with these characters what the kids maybe their kids are old enough to get into the same trouble the parents did i don't know oh boy oh uh. I'll
2: have a whipped pie.
1: The risk of being right, I'm going to assume it's going to be like American Vacation, and like everyone's kids are now old enough that they can be left alone at home, and either oh, it's going to be sure. what the parents do while all their kids are away, or it's going to be about what their kids do while all the parents are away.
2: You know what's fucked up is that, like, in this world of like reboots and shit, they'll actually make it and it'll actually be good.
0: I mean, I, mean, if I the always people care. I always yeah, for, I know for things exactly. Be good. I don't go to these movies going, I hope this is a stinker. Yeah, uh, exactly. But, yeah, I mean, I think the beginning of this I think is is pretty amusing. Where it starts just like the first film, you see discarded clothing on the ground. <laughs>
1: Well, no, it's it starts with the universal one hundredth anniversary logo.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like it's ah, the yeah. cinema. Right. Yeah. Well, that's especially strange going into a movie like this. But yeah, but you, you have the clothes on the bottom and, and you hear kind of the Porto music and then it kinda pans up to the bed and, and, and the you bed see oh bonkers. right. And you see uh, oh it's uh Allison uh, Hannigan uh, Michelle, she is partially undressed uh, uh breastfeeding her child while uh jim uh played by jason biggs the uh, husband is watching porn on his computer and trying not to get caught
1: well he's doing office work he doesn't do this porn work. thing until uh, as the not... baby is put down and allison goes into the sure. into the bath and it's it's i i i uh took the liberty of pausing the screen to see his he has a a folder on his on his uh web browser called boring work stuff which right off the bat that's a red flag yeah come mm-hmm. on you you need to be more creative than that you know make it yeah. look like a hobby but anyway uh, but <laughs> the but he, here are, here are the websites he looks at nimfo-nurses.com nice. uh, shavedlesbians.com latinababysitters.com Amazing CaptainCreampie.com, uh uh see pornguru.com, which sounds more like a consulting service. <laughs> like if you want to start a web thing. Captain <laughs> uh, Cream Dirt- Pie
2: sounds like a trauma movie.
1: You know. Uh <laughs> Dirtycoeds.com, YoungTits.com and NaughtyCheerleaders.com Ladies and gentlemen, this is what this is what a person from the 1970s who's never seen porn thinks porn is. It's like when well, you
2: like are, like, 14 and you Google, like, porn.com. No, you don't Google yes. it, you Ask Jeeves.
0: Right.
1: And I
2: think,
0: too... <laughs> I, I totally didn't do that. Right. That he has so many tabs open. Maybe he, he has ADHD. You know, yeah, maybe has, this is what...
2: He has he porn takes. myslexia.
0: Right. He can't quite decide what to do, so he has to kind of do, you know, like two seconds from each. Or...
2: Meanwhile, his wife... She doesn't need a web browser because she a freak. She got an imagination. She all she needs is one of those shower heads. And I'm pretty sure that's why those shower heads were invented. I mean, do you actually wash with those? they for masturbating, right?
0: It it seems like it with everything has like, ooh, now with 25 settings and it's hundred dollars. Yeah. It's yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's like it's, a size screwdriver.
1: It has many uses. Yeah, I look great.
0: And yet you have a scene where it, it's uh trying to do the, the flip side in a way where Jim is checking on his wife and, and she's um, masturbating in the bathtub with the, the shower head and and stuff gets around and, and, you know, the water kind of gets everywhere. And I like, can't he just shut off the water instead of yeah. the water running? running? Well, like the how- other
1: thing is the, the level, the level of, of, of horrific violence here, uh, because the whole twist on the scene is that the toddler comes into the room into the, in the middle of all this, and so Jim, uh, in his panic, slams his laptop shut on his oh, own his dick, dick, which yes. which we then find out is bleeding. We see a spreading pool Ugh. of blood in the front of his boxer shorts.
0: <laughs> he must be using one of those IBM ThinkPads with the... Yeah, very heavy. <laughs> and,
1: and, and this and this whole opening we're describing, under three minutes. Yeah. It's under three minutes for this it's... to become a ter- one of the worst movies I've ever seen.
0: <laughs> it's... It, it's a lot to to put in the beginning, and it doesn't quite have have the cap or like in I think American Wedding for its faults. I mean, the beginning where there's like the proposal, and then she goes to blow him under the table, and then that the dad talks to the guy. That was actually kind of funny. Yeah, no, it was funny, kind of sweet, a, a little bit long, but it's still it's right. like a proper scene, beginning, middle, and end, and relatively believable, I suppose, as far as this series goes. But this one, it's just like they the the kind of fake out where oh you think it's uh, she's feeding the kid right uh, she's breastfeeding their child and stuff like that I think w- was okay but it's not quite enough for a beginning and the and I think that's sort of the problem right these characters are it says 13 years after high school graduation so what that that means they're in their mid 30s more early, early to mid 30s um and on the actors ages that means some of them are probably in their early 40s but whatever and yeah and it's uh they're in a different spot in their life and so to have something shocking is like if you get older you tend to not or at least i don't care as much about that sort of stuff like who's gonna yeah. catch you who cares it's your right. apartment it's your house it's i mean maybe you know ha- have the blinds down and so forth if, um,
2: right after kids like there's nothing that can gross you out
1: well, the other thing is that is that the, the the conflict for for Jim is that he and his wife have lost their sexual connection because they they have a kid, and and the thing is that that can happen, and oddly sure. enough, Eugene Levy actually gives good advice in this one, like. <laughs> Like mm-hmm. it's it, that that scene where where he explains oh yeah this happened with me and your mother that's why we sent you to Hebrew school three days a week that's <laughs> yeah. what we scheduled our thing but but everything built around it I just do not believe yeah
2: I mean I also feel like like Allison Hannigan's character um, Michelle like I mean she's freaky man I don't think they let the 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 fires go out between them I mean. I don't know. I I, I, th- I I think they wouldn't really have any marital issues. I think that uh, she'd be enough to keep things going, man, because that's her whole thing. That's her whole bag. You know, she well, doesn't well, need the, she doesn't need the Internet to jack off. She's got her filthy imagination, man. That's awesome.
1: Well, this this is one of several things that the movie just like does not earn. Uh, and, and also the movie doesn't seem to be aware of its own past. Well, I'll also say this. What is Jim's job?
2: um boring office stuff but actually masturbating i don't know yeah
1: yeah it's it's one of the they have a very nice house that you know they could afford to have, sure. a, have a kid this early in their marriage but like presumably i mean and i would assume they maybe both have jobs i don't know they office they... work
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean speaking uh, of jobs you have stiffler where you think, oh, maybe he's the head of the company, but instead he's he's to be an an intern in your 30s. I mean, I suppose that's possible, but it just shows how pathetic the character is. And like, well, why he didn't was, he he keep the well, job a, driving the bus?
1: Well, he was a coach. He was a coach in the previous that too. film. Yes, like he was a coach full time. Like he had a job.
0: He was a coach and, and a bus driver. And, and, you know, maybe he gets pension or something after. You're probably in a union. Well, that, mm-hmm.
1: Oh yeah, but. But like in this one, it seems to imply that he never had a job and that he's a temp because his mom forced him to get that job, and that I guess he still lives with her. Yeah, that sucks. Maybe also it's again unclear.
2: It's like um, I remember brought I brought this up during the uh, Matrix Resurrection episode. Is that like this seems to take place like, want to take place in the early two thousands, where if you worked in an office job and you worked in a cubicle, it was like a fate worse than death, like Office Space and American Beauty, um, yeah. The Matrix. And this is 2012, where, like, offices were, like, fun, and you've got beanbag chairs and ping-pong tables. and oh, the dot-com fucking... stuff. Oh. Yeah, exactly. So, like, Open the whole, plans. like, white-collar death job thing doesn't really track in this timeline.
0: Well, I mean, you still see that and maybe I'm just because I'm on the West Coast in uh, Portland, Oregon here, but, I mean, there's still a lot of those offices— that have that are barely populated anymore but that's its own problem that are open offices and i have to say as someone that works in them i find them very difficult to work in and i've been doing much better since working from home most of the time because you get no noise separation even with like shitty little cubicles with with the temp walls that at least blocks out some of the noise instead you can hear everything around you they also have a noise canceling thing going on at the same time which makes it sound like you're in an airplane
1: and yeah, probably oh, is it one of those like, uh, white noise generators.
0: Yes. Yeah. They have white noise generators in, in all those offices. And it's just not, it, it, it's clearly a, a cost cutting measure that they're like, oh, it makes everything more efficient. But a lot of studies just prove otherwise. And uh, it's irritating enough in real life to say nothing of in the movies how it's portrayed. So, yeah, a beanbag doesn't make up for everything. A keg in the office doesn't make up for everything. <laughs> argue a keg in the office isn't a great idea but we're not today's show is brought to you by epos gaming audio with a comprehensive lineup of both wired and wireless headsets gaming amplifiers microphones and webcams epos has everything you need to experience the power of audio like their h6 pro lineup which features two versions an open or closed headset the closed headset allows you to tap into exceptionally detailed audio and seals out ambient noise while the open version delivers natural, high-fidelity audio with an incredible soundstage. Both headsets include a magnetic detachable microphone and a sleek design that has no wild RBG configurations, just good design. Listeners can save 15% by visiting www.eposaudio.com gaming and entering code EPOSFRIENDS15 at checkout. We're supposed to be talking about a movie, allegedly. Um, so you <laughs> oh, you, you yeah. Jennifer Coolidge, getting into an argument with stiff in the film that I think is a bit funny. She has a slightly bigger role here, but she's like, in case you want to, you know, see more of your mother than you intend, I recommend you not get home until this time. And
1: Yeah, that's, that's good. That was yeah. good.
0: That's some good well, stuff, is- but
1: finally four films deep they realize they have jennifer coolidge and eugene Levy. let's put them in some scenes together finally God. <laughs> isn't
0: that weird yeah that you take so long to do that and this uh reunion unlike wedding all the, the whole game is back together but it also means like it, it gets to be a pretty stuffed plot no pun intended
2: yeah no for real also we'll like just... everyone's like doing pretty good with the exception of stifler so like when, like, Oz is like, oh, I just need a fucking weekend with the bros. He's like, why? Because you're married to, like, hot off-brand Padme, and you're, like, a house hubby <laughs> now? Like, what the fuck? Oh, right? right. He's,
0: like, the ESPN sort of... Oh, most... no,
2: no. I meant, um, fucking... What's the other guy's name? Um, oh, okay. Kevin? Uh, yeah, Kevin.
1: Yep. Yeah, he, his... Okay, so his was the story arc that felt the, the, the least earned, because unlike everyone else... He's actually in a he's like he's a functioning adult who's in a successful marriage with a woman he loves, and yet this movie keeps trying to shoehorn in. But you know, he could have an affair, and you know what? That affair might be the best thing that could happen to him. It's like, no. remember your
2: high school you, girlfriend?
1: You are. That's the one, and I realized fight. like that could be a that could be an awkward reunion and, and there there may be unreconciled feelings that need to be worked through but at the same time you're asking us to believe that what this guy needs is to turn his back on <laughs> on, on to, to to turn his back on this committed relationship that does not seem to have any problems
0: yeah like I mean, all, I mean, yeah.
1: all he wants is more time with the guys you could ha- you could do that with a little bit of scheduling
0: yeah also like sure. but- and even, you know, uh, people that are married that can still, oh, I'm going to have a guy's weekend or I'm going to go with, with the girls to Vegas or whatever, have fun. You can, you know, be adults and trust each other or whatever arrangement you have. And it's I think I like what you said, Thrasher, in that everyone professionally at this point in this film seems to be doing pretty well. And that, and that is a problem in that, you know, uh, it doesn't create much conflict. Everyone, they just want it, just like things used to be, and they're all making a lot of money, or at least doing well enough to have their own place for the most part, except for Stifler. And if that's the case, like you don't have any conflict. Everyone's all hunky dory, except oh oh, there's this high school chick I hooked up with, or oh I used to babysit <laughs> this girl, and now uh, she's college age and she's naked in my car for no good yeah, reason. Yeah, that sucked. That it, it it's so it gets to be so forced, but when like no one is really struggling. You don't have any conflict, and it's like, why does this movie even exist? I mean, I think there's good ideas here, but it's just like, and also, what they make a big point, like it's not the twentieth reunion, it's something. Um, it's the
1: thirteenth. They specified the thirteenth yeah, yeah. because everyone it, missed the.
2: 10th. That was actually a joke that I feel like I was kind of funny because I feel like that's some shit that like my high school would pull. I'd be like, well, we couldn't do the tenth, so it's actually like the twelfth reunion. Yeah.
0: Sure, and it's just so. From calling attention to it, I think almost makes it worse. i would rather they would have lied and said it was the tenth. Isn't it only really the thirteenth? We're calling it the tenth. I don't know, but yeah, it's it's just if you if you don't want to stir the pot, why do another one of these? Like I, I I'm not asking for like a a super dark story where I don't know Stifler murders. Uh, Kevin's wife or something. He goes all senator. This is
2: Senator Geary, Godfather (laughs) Two style, and
1: (laughs) the call girl. (laughs) Well, this is the thing though. This movie stumbles upon what should have been the fourth movie and then mm. abandons it within 5 minutes because one of the things is they couldn't they couldn't get the actress who plays Jim's uh, mother back so they they indicate that she died uh, she died 3 years previous which yes. meant she died on the 10th an- on the 10th reunion <laughs> which could have been interesting and so and so Jim's dad you know who, who we we only see interact with his own grandson once. I felt like there could have been a lot more comedy mined from him, him being yeah. a grandfather. Also,
2: like, so if you are gonna kill a main character, which wasn't like a big facet of the story, and like, if you, you you're not the movie to get dramatic agency from that death, so like. Maybe make it funny. Like I could picture Eugene Levy being like, "Yeah," and then she, um, you know, slipped on that bottle of lube that you left on the floor, Jim. Uh, A little bit of blame (laughs) on you there. You know what I mean? Like, like get funny with it at least. Like
1: dying during sex that could have been interesting. Yeah, you know, Mm. she
2: fell down the stairs, fucking chasing Jim around because he was jacking off to fucking right something ridiculous, you know.
1: But but like, there's the thing where where Jim, you know, like where you know you. Gene Levy definitely wants some sort of like sort of human, intimate human connection. And so Jim decides to sort of help him do that. That you could get a whole movie out of that. Flip the roles. Now Jim is giving his dad advice and we see his dad having escapades with older women.
0: Or maybe his dad has has a boom. Maybe it's it's Jim Levy. Yeah. Maybe Jim Levy has his own high school reunion and it's like these (laughs) middle-aged divorcees or, or whatnot Trying to have a good time, but they're too old to really, to know and take them seriously. And yeah, Jim goes and tries to help them. I mean, yeah, I agree. I think that'd be a lot more of a creative idea. And uh, as you were hinting at earlier, or outright said rather, you do get Stifler's mom doing stuff with Jim's dad, which it shouldn't have taken him four movies to do that. Like, for real, though.
2: It's not like he's doing a cameo. He's in the fucking movie. Put him in the movie.
1: He has more stuff to do in this movie than any of the other movies. Right. And also, that's
2: because, like, if I went to my hometown and got together with, like, some buddies, it wouldn't be a question if my dad was a part of it. It would be fucking required. Like, it would be an upset. If I didn't bring mm. a man out drinking for us, like there would be a problem if that didn't I mean,
0: happen. Yeah, I mean, you remind me of a pathetic drinking story I heard about uh, my uh, grandpa and my dad's side of the family where he was trying to relate to, to one of his sons who who enjoys beer. And so he went out with uh, his son Bart to, to get a beer and uh, grandpa didn't like the beer, so he put ice cubes in it. <laughs> and, and Bart just looks at him in size and says, you know, Dad, if you didn't want a beer, you didn't have to order one. And he's like, no, no, this is just fine. And he just drank it slowly, awkwardly for like 30 minutes. <laughs> they <That's laughs> it as slow as possible. And that's, maybe you could have scenes like that and something like this. But I mean, I don't know. The point is these characters, you, you show them as kind of scamps and now they're 30 and successful. It's like, oh, they're going to embarrass themselves again. Who cares? Like, what, what's the possible worst that... Can can happen. Um, I mean, some well, stuff in here. Yeah, walking
1: back their character development because even the thing, yes, the whole the whole yeah. subplot involving Jim and the girl he used to babysit, who turns eighteen, their first night in town, and a, 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 a it, there, it's like you know, you know how you can solve all of that, just be an adult and say no. The the <laughs> cu- the farcical right. circumstances they try to cram them into are so forced.
2: It's not funny. Again, a comedy with stuff that's not funny. Like, oh, she takes her shirt off and she's naked a bunch. I'm like, that's not comedy, and it's not like titillating. It's just so, gratuitous. Well, you feel so bad. So you know what made girl. me laugh out? I yeah, honestly, I just felt yeah. bad after a while. I'm like, she had to do this to get the fucking part. That sucks.
1: It's sh- a shocking amount of nudity for a 2012 film, too. Yeah, I, yeah, appreciated, I appreciated it, it mm-hmm. but there was a shocking amount of it. But So I will say one thing that did, did make me laugh out loud is that, again, because you always have to do everything the worst, most complicated way, um, Jim's friends have to distract the neighbor's parents so that Jim and Stifler uh, – well, Jim with Stifler following because he's a monster uh, – sneak her back up into her bedroom. And there's a thing where like they knock over a lamp. So her father comes up to investigate. So they have to hide and Jim hides in some stuffed animals. And there's a whole back and forth of them almost getting caught. Uh, And then finally, you know, the father leaves and then Jim's looking for Stifler and Stifler's nowhere to be seen. And then you see that Stifler is on is in the canopy of the canopy bed in a way that is completely impossible. And I could not stop laughing.
2: Yeah. Well, his timing is good because he's like, hey, dude.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He pops out and, and you don't see it coming. Yeah, because Thomas it doesn't Scott. look
2: like, like no human could be in that place. <laughs> yeah, Sean William Scott's good at that stuff. He's a funny dude.
0: He, um, he's funny. He's gotten better with with age, and he doesn't try to push it too hard in this movie like he did, I think, perhaps in American Wedding. Like, yeah, he's, big he's real comfort in <clears throat> in the role, and uh, I think that it's clever what they do later in the actual reunion where it's with him and a, a heavier girl in the bathroom. Where he's the guy... Where he actually gets screwed over for once in a sexual situation. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Was, a, that
1: was a fun bit of comeuppance.
2: Uh, I remember a lot. But yeah, the babysitter shit, though, is just so fucking stupid. Like, it's not funny. It goes on too long. And it's also like, yeah, people grow up, dude. It's like, but, whoa, my it
1: rolls hot now. Ooh. But it's also like one of those situations where they they could have made that work by just by having jim try to be the responsible adult and and like be that role reversal. Like, what if what if she's not mm. comfortable talking to her parents about sex? Because she's on the verge of attempting it. So she goes to the only other, like, older okay. person in her life she trusts, right. Jim. And then Jim, once again, is in the position where he has to give well-meaning but very weird advice. Like, that could starts, work.
2: And he starts sounding like his dad. Uh-uh-uh-uh-uh, funny. It all comes full circle. Also, Jim's an idiot because the mom is hot.
1: And we're back with another great episode of...
0: Hold your horses, mister. This is a commercial for our show, Nasty Labs. Uh, not the actual show. You mean to
1: tell me. This is a commercial for our bi-weekly show from Game Studio 2 High Labs, where we talk about games, game dev, Japan, and whatever else comes up.
0: Yep, and it stars me, Kinsey Burke. And also it has my, uh, junior co-host, Mark Lentz. Sup, though. So catch brand new episodes twice monthly for only three easy payments of four twenty sixty nine.
1: That doesn't make sense.
0: Nasty Labs only on the Tokyo Beat Network.
1: <laughs> That's
2: True? like yeah. When she's bumping and grinding on Chris Klein, I was a little jealous. I mean,
0: yeah. Well, and and you have um, I mean, also with with Jim, it's the stuff with him and the the girl that he used to babysit. It's it comes off as creepy uh, to me uh, seeing yes. what, what Jim is doing. And couldn't you do that as like sort of like a dark uh, comedy? Like that could be a movie in itself, like, a, a, step, like a stepfather
2: again, passed kind of show. And he's like carrying her around. Like, wouldn't you like yeah. throw a jacket on her or something? Like,
0: yes.
1: Well, there's a know? towel on her, but then the towel gets ripped off by a of tree branch.
2: Oh yes, of course. Those it's
1: like, oh, we gotta go through
0: security it. with a naked lady in the car and oops she fell on my lap and oop, boop, 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 boop. Yeah, oh, it's geez. just it I mean that bit I think might have worked in the Yeah, I even if you tried that bit like in the first film, then they both would have been underage and that would have been creepy for a different reason. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> it is one of these They're so little done with the with their kid. Uh, I mean, even the stuff early on where what he's naked, right? He he yeah, drinks too much with the guys, and he he wakes up and he's naked in the kitchen, and he's trying to like they've done that like twelve times in these right. movies. They do show like, his
2: dong though, which I appreciate. Pr-
1: pressed yes. against one of those yeah. pyrex dish lids.
2: Props to yep. props to uh, props to the dongage.
0: Right, you that's something you started to see uh, more in films around this time, and it's uh, uh, you know not not just lady bits that are being shown, which is. Something and and dawn. that takes that takes uh you know some kind of courage I suppose Natasha Lyonne is you in this barely this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she 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 gets one scene and, and the thing is like the the energy she delivers her one real line with it's it's the level this this movie deserves yeah I'm a lesbian now like that's oh, the she's... that's what that's the energy this movie deserves.
0: She's yeah. so much better than these movies deserve, and I think it, recently they, they interviewed her, like, what do you think about the American Pie movies? And she kind of pauses, and she's like, yeah, those are interesting ones. I like the money I made from them. <laughs> okay, just...
1: I have not seen the movie, but I've seen the house it bought for me, and it was yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Right,
2: Marco cocaine uh, was in Joel's Four and The Hand, Oliver Stone's directorial debut, I think.
1: Uh, um, you know, Jim, yes. your mother and I... We,
2: you can't go walking around, jacking your cock all the time, Jim.
1: Uh, Mister Wayne, you don't want to go there to get the erotic massage. You can pick something up.
2: I'll ought to take you down the red light district, and that way, you get your knob <laughs> polished. Maybe calm you down a little bit, your pont.
0: I mean, you also have a thing here where it's uh, the Herod and Kumar connection. Is you have Neil Patrick Harris? Yeah, where oh, was he? The celebrity. He, so dance he office? was
1: at he was at the time hosting a reality show, and that's one of the things. One of the guys became a successful sportscaster, but also appeared on the celebrity dancing show. And I was honestly shocked. We get to see a surprising amount of that show. But his chief competition was Gilbert Gottfried, who was above appearing in this movie, but not above collecting a a likeness fee. Nice. But the, the joke is, yeah, so Chris, it was Chris, is that is that Gilbert Gottfried beat Chris by like 28 points?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wish Gilbert would have done it. There's um he did That would have been awesome. He did The Apprentice a little bit back in the day, uh, which was pretty funny, but the one I like that he did was a it was a food network like celebrity cooking show and he admitted he can't cook, but he he um does have two kids and he made a peanut butter sandwich. With two mm-hmm. strawberries cut on top, and he did that for both times he had to cook. He's like, I can't cook anything else.
1: <laughs> nice. So, so celebrity dance off, which was a which was a real show, although for all I know was canceled by that time. Mm-hmm. But the the people he was on season six, as they say, the people he was on, it was so it was Chris uh, Ostricker, who's the character from the movie. But he was with Hulk Hogan, Snooki, Gilbert Godfrey, Kathy Griffin, and. Antoine Dodson, who for who you you might be forgiven for not knowing his name, he's the hide your kids, hide your wife guy from the meme. Yeah, I whoa, don't know that is
0: that um that was maybe one of the first YouTube things where it became like a, a hit single. Is this ridiculous? Um, oh, who's oh. the group that they remix the news? Into I just the it. Auto-tune. Oh, the auto tune the news. Auto tune the news, yeah, yeah. Hide your Googled wife, hide your kid. Yeah, I mean it was. It's not, not as old as, like, Whistle Tips or something. But, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty <laughs> old bit. And, yeah, I don't know. Like, so, I mean, overall, this movie, I said initially started off that it's clever. I think it has some good ideas, but I don't, it just feels forced and not needed. I think I would give this a sequel, no.
1: Yeah, I'm going to give it a sequel, no. The whole thing with 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 Jim and Michelle and, like, the, the their arc is makes no sense. And then just kind of ends. And this is the thing for a movie that's been so built around hijinks. How does this movie end with a uh, missionary sex between our two leads? <laughs> uh, oh yeah. But freaky. then, but then the other thing is there's this running thread where one of the, we're like, where there's the, the one couple, the woman dating the heart surgeon where he keeps half joking about trying to do, do like an orgy. And like, well just just make that happen. Make that the end of their arc. They actually do the fucking orgy.
0: Oh yeah, wow. Right. Yeah. Would have been
1: it, You set it up. Just just it's do it and make it thing. awkward and fun. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
2: I think the so, only thing I do like is that they make Paul they make Finch a loser, which I enjoyed because yes. I I don't I, like him. I just
1: I had uh, to ask though so does so yeah we find out that all the stuff he's been talking about what he's been doing was a lie he's like an assistant manager at a staple center and the sexy motorcycle is his boss's motorcycle which he stole which i presume means he's not employed there anymore they don't address that but then that makes me wonder so in the previous movies when he was traveling and seeing the world was were those lies too or did one day he just stop because he needed the money
2: Also, I don't think a management position at Staples could afford a nice motorcycle, just saying.
0: No, that would be, I mean, depending on where you live, that's like $12 an hour. Like, it's not that much more than... But regardless, I think the character kind of, of Finch, um, aside from the first film, just always comes off as like a huge poser the whole time. So, I mean, my theory is that he lied to kind of get attention, ultimately. I mean, whether it was the rumor that he's great in bed that people... Left in the first one, or that oh he dresses in kimonos in the the second one, or whatever yeah. it is.
2: I think I might my my yeah. chip on my shoulder with Finch might be a little personal because I work in service, so I see a lot of dumb guys trying to impress mm. women. Yeah. So like I've seen I've met and I've seen a thousand finches, and they're pretty much like that. Yeah. Oh, I, I have an something uncle that that's exotic and out of the country. So I'm pretty sophisticated. Yeah. So well, what about you?
0: I have an uncle that likes using the line. He's like, oh, is that an accent I detect? How exotic? Or I mean oh my yeah, god. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have
2: I've had <laughs> someone say that to me. I'm like, dude, what fucking accent do I have? Yeah. America. Well,
1: that's when you just can't like it
0: up. Uh, and, oh, thanks for noticing, mate. Hello. For noticing on my cocaine. This is like chips and chalk. Yeah.
1: Oh, I got So I have to ask, what do you all think of the beat of Stifler having sex with Finch's mom? Um, sure. Yeah, Yeah. I
0: guess.
1: I
2: mean, they're practically fucking related by this point between the grandmother and the wedding. mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. You've also stumbled upon a better movie. We find out that Jim's dad and Stifler's mom have been dating and they're going to get married. So now Jim and Stifler are going to be brothers in law.
2: Boom. American parents. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Once again, a better film. Once well, again, you get, you now get I am Fred not above accepting a lot of money to do a, to write this screenplay. So Hollywood, yeah. if you're listening,
0: yeah, well, well, Sequel cast going and on, so that's not going to happen. But yeah. Sequel cast
2: two and friends. I mean, no, know, obviously let's let's not the script right right all these now, movies, the and strategies. they are
1: all better.
0: But you could do Fred. Fred Willard is back, and yeah,
2: yeah,
0: American parents, boom.
1: You just have a whole family who are all who don't have names; they're just named after their relation to Stifler. Hi, I'm Stifler's uncle.
2: Stifler's extended family because they're all a bunch of fucking pigs.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, you talk about movies with with sequels. The one I couldn't I, I joked about on Twitter and someone pointed out it was a real sequel that just came out is there is like the book club Two,
2: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> where the
0: book club one is about uh, a book club retired retired women in their book club. Or I believe I haven't seen the movie, but I, th- I believe they retired something like that or maybe close to retirement in the book club. They read Fifty Shades of Grey. But then in the sequel they read I don't know some book and they go to Italy something different I'm not sure. Wait, it's, uh, it's is it Veronica. Book Club
2: the next chapter? Yes, yep. That sucks. Wow, okay. It's got right. Diane Keaton, Jane Fonda. Wow. Jane and no, Jane Fox. no,
0: good cast. I mean the first uh, one had Richard uh, Dreyfus and um, Andy Garcia. Yeah,
2: yeah. Richard Dreyfus.
0: Maybe this? maybe <laughs> that would be something. Maybe this will be like the the late period sex comedy thing to round out. I, I just need to get off the sex comedy train for a bit. I think we've ridden it a bit hard. No, no pun intended. But oh. yeah, so let's. Ooh, so let's. Um, I think we've all set our piece uh, oh, on the whole, reunion. On the best
1: piece for life.
0: Yeah. So no. let's, let's. So because it's been a while since we've done a show, a new show. Let's do an extended. Let's each have two goes at uh, what you're watching. Sure. I will begin I, I saw something it was on netflix they they pulled it recently but my dad wouldn't shut up about this movie when i was growing up he said it's really good and i watched it and son of a bitch it was actually quite good clint eastwood's directorial debut play misty for me
2: that's a good fucking flick
0: it is have you seen this uh yeah. thrasher no no i haven't yeah so, so it's almost like an early version of stephen king's misery in, in some ways but clint eastwood plays not very convincingly a radio dj I don't think that quite worked. It's um, and he doesn't seem like he enjoys acting in the movie, probably because he's directing his first film at the same time, but he had to be in it to get the money for it, I guess. And um he has a, a a fan that's obsessed with him. And it's sort of like, oh, to be an obsessed fan before like cell phones and social media, you really had to put a lot of work into it. True,
1: like it was yeah.
0: it was a trickier thing to do. and it's um, you know, it's a pretty small cast. It, it takes place in northern california um you get the the 70s clothes and the longer hair and it's it's just a really efficient film and i thought oh you could probably do a stage version of this and i bet you it's been done as a stage version or if not someone probably should because it's just such a it, not a lot of fat on the movie just
2: yeah it's it's very economic it's like it's it's clint eastwood's direction like in a nutshell like Don't waste your time, don't take too many takes, get the story, get it in on time, you're good. And also, the uh, bartender is Don Siegel. Like, fucking, the director of uh, Dirty Harry and Coogan's Bluff. Basically, Clint's, like, mentor.
0: Right, and you have, um, I thought, I was thinking about this, like, oh, if they remade this, maybe as the crazy lady, if you're doing it now, you could have, like, Rachel Dratch or something. Yeah. I don't know. there's something instead of
2: a radio show, it's a podcast. ooh,
0: yeah, right. I mean, you could I mean, it's it's a, just a solid concept, but I just like it's no must, no fuss. They don't try to have a million characters. They don't try to have huge set pieces. I mean, a, at the end, when they uh, inevitably face off, I was kind of surprised at how violent it was. Um, yeah, but it, I think that's also of the time and it's uh it's just Clint Eastwood as as a DJ. Nothing against Clint Eastwood, but it's you look at him and you think, oh, he's a cowboy. Maybe he should be in a suit or something. But just yeah. him as a DJ flipping records. I didn't had they cast like a Richard Dreyfus or something. I think I might have that might have been better casting for me. But other than that, I think it's it's, it's a pretty solid film.
2: I can kind of see Clint Eastwood doing most anything in like a DJ is just not one of those things. Right. Like I can see him as
0: like, right, a, like a high school teacher.
1: See the ladies on the floor.
0: I mean, yeah. it, it is true that he likes jazz and he plays jazz records. And in real yeah. life, he's a big jazz guy and actually plays. Uh, he's actually done scores for uh, quite a bit of his films and so forth. And it's like, and we're going to play Misty for me. Here we go, just for you. Put on the th- thing.
2: Call and, in. Um, 12th Collar gets a pre car wash.
0: Yeah. And, and they have a pretty good bit where if he doesn't want to be in the studio, he just kind of flips a tape recording on of, of him pre recorded. With the, the music <laughs>
2: tracks and everything. Pretty clever.
1: Because
2: he, he knows he does not have a big listenership outside of Jessica Walters. Right. Now Boom. Yep. <laughs> so,
0: but yeah, but good. I'd say that's a pretty good show. Worth, uh, worth tracking down. And, and it's mercifully short, which is part of, I think as I get older, I appreciate short films more. And when I was younger, I'm like, oh, why can't everything be five hours? Like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and, um. Anyhow, uh, Thrasher, what's something you've been watching?
1: So I uh, decided, so the newest season of Mystery Science Theater 3000 was initially exclusive to the Gizmoplex, a proprietary stream boutique streaming service that exists exclusively to distribute Mystery Science Theater 3000. Well, a handful of the new season have shown up on Tubi, so I'm working my way through there. So hmm. I watched a a fascinating mixed bag of an episode. Uh the skull or sorry, the mask in 3D, which is a Canadian horror movie, which is it is a terrible Canadian like psychological thriller, except during the hallucinogenic sequences. The hallucinogenic sequences are so creative and so artfully shot on a budget. That they are amazing. It is you could. It is worth watching the movie without MST3K just to see those sequences. But anyway, this particular episode, you know, the the good and the bad, the gripping hand, all that. uh, The the movie segments, some of the loudest, hardest laughs I have ever gotten from an MST3K episode. It, (laughs) It is amazing. It's like they've hit that. They've this cast. And this group of writers and this particular film just hit this perfect height. Um, that uh, to be fair, it took like the original MST3k like three seasons to really find. And, uh, but as far as but here's here's the bad. The theme song has been needlessly rewritten to be an advertisement for the Gizmoplex, which makes the theme song impossible to listen to.
0: And the Gizmoplex is, I mean, I'm surprised it took him this long to come up with this idea. But um and I think it was partially crowdfunded, but it's like you pay a monthly fee to watch all the new mis- the all the mystery science theater stuff. It's its own streaming service, essentially,
1: yeah, yeah. and. And, and, like, the the host segments, you know, between the films, most of those have always been hit or miss. Um, they, there's a bit where they try to write their own monster mash, but the joke is all the monsters have other plans and commitments so they can't come to the party, which is kind of funny, but not as funny as it could be. Because I think, like, the final verse of the song is nobody's doing anything on Auburn Day, so that's when the monsters can show up, which you could... A monster... Here's Day just on its own to be pretty funny, um, but something that is that I find inexplicable. So I felt like I wished on a monkey's paw, because when we talked about the new MST3K seasons that premiered on Netflix, yeah. I I I criticized it for looking too good. Like there were like props and sets and things that looked like it they had too much money spent on it, and I really feel like the heart of that show is that it all felt originally very kitbashed. It just felt like if you had the right ambition, you could make this show with what's lying around in your home, but the, the Netflix seasons didn't have that. They were too good. Well, my wish was granted, MST3K is now too cheap, and looks like something oh, you no. could make in your home with absolutely no effort or ambition whatsoever. To the point, and I don't know why this is, but the door sequences... They don't use the door sequences from the Netflix season. They use photographs of the door sequence of the Netflix what? season uh. printed on card stock that is pulled apart, which makes me wonder, was that an aesthetic choice or do they not have the rights to their own corridors sequence? Wow.
0: I maybe it depends on what version of the corridor sequence, but that's interesting. So got I, do, in I, do to,
1: court, I do have and to. No
0: one wants to say it because it's hard to say corridor. Court. Yeah. Cardboard. or Coming to, coming to Tubi this fall. The rural out. juror. But, but I, I was wondering, you mentioned the Netflix one. Didn't that have like Patton Oswalt and Felicia Day as kind of the bad guys? Do they consider that uh, or continue that? In the, yes, they're, they're, they're back.
1: Uh, they're, 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 they're back. back okay. At least for, for this episode. As sure, I understand sure. it, they change hosts halfway through. And so they might also change the, the scientists.
2: Hmm. I wasn't crazy about the Netflix series because I felt like it were too many jokes. If that's going to sound like a weird complaint, but bear no, with the me.
1: first, the first three episodes, yeah, they they don't know when to let the movie breathe and exactly yeah, too too packed.
2: And that was part of the fun is that you're watching the movie with them.
1: Yeah, but I if mean, they, I, if they yeah. chill
2: out, I'll I'll watch it again because I love MSD three K. Well, what definitely.
1: Definitely watch this episode. The the weird production values uh, and and the the opening theme song, notwithstanding, it is a top tier MST3K episode.
0: Nice. Okay, right, cool. I'll have to. And how many episodes are on Tubi?
1: I believe, I think five, but okay. Tubi doesn't have the best search system. Right. Like you can type you can type in the title of a movie, and and if they have that movie, it won't necessarily show up. I, mean, I have Tubi found movies some, by accident. Yeah, so Tubi has some,
0: some top-tier, pretty rare stuff. Like, they have the Robocop live-action series from Canada from the early 90s. Oh, yeah. uh, that stuff that, you know, just came out on disc not that long ago. Uh, so, I mean, I'm really impressed. Because when they started, Tubi was like, degrade VHS dumps.
2: <laughs> yeah, Tubi's kind of owning it
0: right now. Mm-hmm. And, it's uh, it's this more on Tubi.
1: But between... TV and Pluto. want a streaming service to be ironically yeah, enough
0: right and the commercials i don't mind as long as what they're showing is interesting so and they only do like two a movie like yeah yeah it's not like um oh paramount plus the commercial versions especially bad where it's like seven ads in a row yeah that sucks think, and they play i the think same i film. got
1: it i think i got at least four because i watched uh, american reunion on tubi i think i got like four commercial breaks
0: it's but that's bad. still doable. It's still less than at the time if you're watching, even now if you're watching it, something on cable.
1: Yeah, when they're like 20
2: to 25 second long breaks, it's not torture.
0: Yeah. Uh, so Alex, what have you been watching?
2: Funny segue, I also watched uh, the, Today's Choice on Tubi as well. Um, I watched, <laughs> I'm on a huge uh, Claire Denis kick, as I'm sure I've mentioned before on the podcast. I watched her 2013 film Bastards. And this movie is fucking great. It's twisted and it's dark and it's great. Um, is it like a comedy or what? Oh. No, it's like a neo-noir, like hmm. I could see this like it almost felt like uh like some Paul Schrader vibes, you know, like dude avenging some wrongdoing that was going on in his family, you know? Like a guy alone in a room with a gun, brooding, um, kind of stuff. Um, a guy, like a modest, like um he's like a mariner, like a sailor. And he uh returns to Paris because his um after his brother in law kills himself and He finds out that his sister, his niece is like Ben has had wrong done to her on various levels and kind of gets into this like underworld that is adjacent to that. But it's also related to potentially the man that's been the suitor to his sister all along. There's like this older wealthy guy and there's definitely like a Dominique Strauss-Kahn vibe going on. It's a really fucking, it's a very twisted, very kind of like naughty with a K-N-O, Um neo-noir. Uh, really violent, really dark, really weird. Um, and it's got, I think, one of the best scores, not just of all time, but um, Claire Denis kind of exclusively uh, scores her films with the band uh, Tindersticks.
0: Hmm.
2: And I think this is their best score next to their film Trouble Every Day.
0: Got it, got it.
2: Yeah, watch, watch the fucking trailer. It's one of the best cut trailers I think I've seen in a while.
0: Cool. Um, yeah, we can do a second round of this. I think we have time. So I watched a movie that was uh, nominated, I believe, for Best Screenplay at the Oscars. It was uh, on Hulu. It might still be on Hulu. It is uh, Triangle of Sadness. Oh, okay. Which has Woody Harrelson and um, cast members I don't recognize otherwise. Uh, by Ruben Uslan and his English language debut. I mean, first things first, like the movie is over two and a half uh, or just about two and a half hours long and it could have been a bit shorter, I think. You could take 20 minutes and you wouldn't miss a thing. Well, the it, so it's divided. Have you seen this one? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the beginning before they get on the yacht almost feels like a different movie and I don't think it's really needed to set up the characters because it's not... I almost didn't make it. Like yeah, was, yeah, oh, it's just kind of sucked. The rest of the know, movie was but, pretty
2: good, but oh god, getting on there is rough.
0: But so I have never been on on a yacht, but I've had the fortune to, to to go on some cruises and I mean there's certainly a lot similar things with the with the staff and how the staff has to tell the customer they're always right and it's kind of like the kind of a rich man poor man thing going on and uh, once it goes into the island too there there's good stuff going on. I think there's good satire here i think the ending well a little bit dopey is, is still clever and woody harrelson isn't in it as much as the marketing made it seem like he was i mean there's even scenes where they're just talking to him in a hallway through a door and you don't see him yeah that was lame which is a bit weird but um i like how gross the movie gets i like i think overall you know it's, it's pretty good it's just I, I, the the length is just Absurd, and I'm not sure why they think, other than to make it seem more self-serious, why they felt like it had to be so long.
2: Yeah, that uh, I think it's a solid film. A little, I think it's a little broad. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's at its best though. It, like the middle is the best when it's Woody Harrelson, and he's yeah. just like paring off with fucking um, Dimitri, the like Russian arms dealer guy. <laughs> Like that yeah. shit is to me is perfect. I think.
0: Dimitri played by Zlatko Burek. I mean, his um, he's a Croatian actor. I don't think I've seen him in anything before, but I'll have to to look him up and see he things. He's a great actor. Yeah, no, he he's very good, and his accent in this film is a bit like uh, Andre the Giant. It's this yeah, I'd heavy kind so. of French thing going on, and he's he's also kind of a bigger build, and it, it's just he seems like a guy who just is enjoys acting, and it's a very loose, very natural performance. He's um,
2: yeah. in a lot of uh, Nicholas Wending Refn movies.
0: Oh, the the and, Pusher
2: movies, looks like. Yeah, yeah. which would yeah. actually be fun to cover. He's in one of mm-hmm. the third one, which is actually, I think, maybe the best of the series, which is kind of weird, but um really interesting dude.
0: Definitely. And it, it's, uh, yeah, I think overall, you know, I'd, I'd recommend it. But yeah, just push through that first section because it, it seems like every, you know, kind of dark, romantic comedy you've ever seen and who has the money to pay for dinner and it's like you've seen these scenes a million times and it's like once yeah. they get on the yacht it's like oh thank god there's other characters <laughs>
1: right
0: yeah uh thrasher what's something you've been watching
1: so I finally after after a long delay I finally saw Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania.
0: Ah, okay. I have not seen this yet but I think I might see it later today.
1: So this is this is a real messy slapdash movie, but it is a very entertaining messy slapdash movie that it, that is never boring. Like, it's like it's it's one of those things where like it's 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 not good. You can see all the seams, but I left pretty happy because I had a good time.
0: All right, like I have not seen. I'm a little behind on some of the Marvel films. I've not seen Black Panther two. I haven't seen Black Widow. Um, Blanther yeah so this one does it rely on those other movies or i can just jump into it and be okay
1: not not really the like the the only like it, it pulls in like i mean of course you know it being a marvel movie 10 percent of it must be tithed to <sighs> advertising other marvel movies of course but it's not too egregious because at least the way the, the main the main point of connection to the rest of the Marvel films is Kang the Conqueror. He's part he's pretty organic in part of this film, so that's not a problem. Although I do have to wonder if you don't know how Kang and how complicated that character is in the comics, I don't know what the fuck you would think of the <laughs> the early mid credit scene in
0: this. Well, uh, Jonathan Majors played Kane, I think, earlier in the Loki series.
1: Yes, yes, he did.
0: So. But with um, stuff going on with Jonathan Majors, they might be recasting the part, so we'll just have to see. Yeah. Which, uh but I mean, do you think he he's good, good in the part? He's he's a very intense actor, I think. He
1: he does a good job, and what I do and uh, what I will say I will say in his, his favor before realizing he might not have this job very long, uh, very much for very much longer. And if you want to know why, the information is very easy to find. Um mm-hmm. Uh but the, the but the the thing that i like is that each version of kang he plays cuz there are lots of different kangs he puts a different spin on it which is kind of <laughs> nice so like you're never guessing which kang you're looking at on screen sure. assuming you're paying attention to that i i fully expect you know at the risk of okay i guess i guess skip ahead spoilers but i could totally see someone coming down to this movie and say, well wait didn't he die in the end of loki why uh. is he Right. Forgetting that he's a time traveler, so you can't assume you're seeing things in order.
0: Sure. And it seems like this one leans into the science fiction angle more when Oh
1: yeah, it's uh, practically the Star Wars.
0: Yeah, <laughs> because the other Ant-Man movies I liked how kind of uh, lame they were in a way and that like, oh, they're going to I don't know, build like a slide through your house or Thomas the the tank engine Knocks the two characters off the track in a climactic Ooh. scene.
1: They still right. have some of that, but, yeah. but it is mostly sci-fi bullshit uh, in the quantum realm. Which I now realize they call it the quantum realm because legally they can't say microverse because <laughs> that's a whole story.
2: Okay. I, uh, I. It just sounds kind of boring.
1: <laughs> I mean it's it's inessential. Like yeah. Like, okay. Like you. You're not going to need to have seen this movie to understand Kang, the, the next movie where Kang's going to show up in. So if you don't want all this sci- blustery sci-fi hoopla, you don't have to see this blustery sci-fi hoopla. It's just kind of my thing. I
2: don't think really it's sort of like, like yeah. blustery sci-fi hoopla,
0: though. Bill Murray's in it, isn't he?
1: Yes, he has an extended cameo. Nice.
0: Ah, uh, okay.
1: Oh, and, and one uh, thing, and obviously yeah. one thing... There's, there is, so it's written by Jeff Loveness, who was a writer on Rick and Morty, I think in seasons two and three, a lot of this feels like a a, a clean Rick and Morty.
2: Interesting. There,
1: there Mm. are, there are moments like, oh yeah, that would be in, that would be in Rick and Morty. It would just be a little bit more disgusting. (laughs) 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 And like, once you know that that's his pedigree, then a lot of the movie will make a lot more sense.
0: (laughs) Right. I've seen... people complaining about um, Modoc in the film and i have not seen the clips but i've seen still images and i'm like i don't know i thought Modoc always looked kind of silly to begin with like it's difficult oh, he does and, and to do oh, that live action over, is uh tricky yeah
1: overall i like the way they did Modoc. although that being said I, th- I think they decided well we can't make this look real or not silly so let's just leave it silly but as a mm. result the effect still isn't as polished as it probably should be. So like half the time when Modoc doesn't have a mask on, he does look like one of those Steve Odakirk thumb puppets in the worst <laughs> possible way. But Got other it. times it completely works. It really is all or nothing with the way they do Modoc.
0: Yeah, I mean, looking at the uh, Marvel's, what is it Phase four, I think is the one they there and now with all their features they're getting into secret they're getting into secret wars they're getting into um i mean i did see the trailer for what there's what the marvels i guess where it's captain marvel and uh some other characters marvel yeah miss marvel they're, yeah, they're kind of getting into the the weeds a bit which is sort of inevitable and um it, it'll be interesting to see how it keeps people's attention compared to uh i mean what dc is doing is just I think, frankly, kind of bizarre. They're kind of burning out their their last films under the old guard, and you get James Gunn's new Superman not for another year or two. So they're doing another Superman by James Gunn. Yeah, James yeah, Gunn is taking over the is going to be the consigliere of the sure. DC films.
1: it'll be interesting to see him do sincere. Yeah, yeah, that's a
0: good point. Well, there's
1: some well, sincerity
0: in the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff, but there's also too much of them crying
1: yeah i i guess i guess it depends like i i i trust james gunn i've been following his film career for for since he's had since a film
0: trauma career. yeah i
1: i i have faith that he that he can pull it off but we'll just but we'll have to see the movie will be the ultimate you know proof or denial but the and i guess as far as like the, this marvel thing i see the point on the horizon where i'm going to abandon this film series and it it will be melancholy because there's some some movies in this series i have absolutely loved uh but you know it is a product Uh, it doesn't have to be part of my life or identity and now that they're bringing in time travel and the multiverse those are two things that on paper i love but in superhero stories always end up reaching a critical mass and justifying so much slapdash storytelling that i just can't be bothered to care anymore and I now see that point coming now that they're banking everything on this whole Kang the Conqueror multiverse <laughs> mega work Run, Running out of
0: road, I think. Well, the multiverse stuff, it makes it uh, – I'm not as big into the comics as um, your Thrasher, except for the really old ones. But it's like the multiverse makes it like, guess what? Nothing counts.
1: Yeah. See, Essentially, be... yeah. It, 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 as i said it facilitates bad storytelling you can yeah. you can instantly remove any stakes you can instantly remove any consequences oh beloved character died we don't even have to wait for a narrative justification for that character to come back we'll just have them show up from a parallel dimension and stick around
0: and we can just print money mm. yes um speaking of printing money uh, alex what have you been watching
2: what have I been watching? I watched. So I'm a big Lucio Fulci fan. I love all the bloody, weird, dumb shit that he does. So I got around to his early giallo film called A Lizard in a Woman's Skin. Ooh la la! The whole thing with like early giallos is that they all have to have an animal in them so you've got the bird with the crystal plumage cat of nine tails um four flies on alligator velvet.
1: with a handbag
2: yeah pretty much there's the iguana with the tongue of fire it goes on and on so i guess his is a lizard in a woman's skin and it's got this like stupid psychedelic like whole like subplot like they're actually characters called hippies like the name of like their character they're playing is called the hippie um, in this like groovy, weird psychedelic bullshit, but it's also like a very gory stock and slash movie. Um very convoluted plot, but very violent, very cool, very transgressive stuff. Um again, weird psychedelic easy rider bullshit. It's a lot of fun though. Um I found the Mondo Macabo Blu-ray, but I'm sure it's streaming somewhere. Probably on Tubi. Tubi, give us money. It
0: <laughs> could be, or maybe Criterion has some of the old uh stuff or, or Mubi, M-U-B-I, I think. Sometimes yeah, it's got Mubi's other, got some cool
2: stuff. Um, some cool stuff. But yeah, a lot of, some of these old Italian joints too, you can just find like on fucking, you know, YouTube or something like that too. But, um, yeah, it's interesting though, because Lucio Fulci, I mean, I, I'm i sure you're both familiar with Fulci, right? Mm,
0: yes. Yeah.
2: Um, this is like him before Zombie, before the Beyond, before he was like super goopy goop, you know, style Splatterman. Um, so it's interesting. Like he's semi-restrained. This is like him, like tipping into the the other side. You know, this is like him pre-dark side, but he's but he's going there.
0: Got it. Interesting. Okay. I'll have to check this out. There's so much Fulci stuff, and um, that it's when you look into it, it's a little bit maddening. And like you said, some of the stuff can be kind of tricky to track down and with uh, a lot of the physical media stuff just more and more of that getting out of print yeah it, the best ones gotta, i would say are yeah.
2: zombie the beyond city of the living dead and if you're up for it lizard Ah, uh, if you're up for it, the new york ripper but that one's fucking twisted that one's pretty rough
0: <laughs> got it cool all right so uh next time on well we should do the sequel scene that you have teed up thrasher um you want to set indeed, the stage
1: indeed. Yeah, so we didn't even talk about uh, this subplot, oh but there's a whole bit where mm. they uh, they hang out at the beach and perv on a bunch of people and have a conflict with these guys with jet skis. Uh, uh, but this is this is before that that conflict. Uh, but this is when they're or, or right after or something. But this this is when they're hanging out at the beach, which is probably a redressed Tybee Island because apparently all of this was shot in Georgia.
0: Interesting. Okay. Um, can so, I be stiffler?
1: Certainly. I'll do Finch. I'll be.
2: You'll be Finch. I'll be Kevin.
1: Yeah. I'll and I'll do the stage directions.
2: Okay. Cool. They parentheticals. Go. Were we just as obnoxious as these kids back in the day?
1: Not us. Our generation. We were more mature.
0: Check it out. Vagina shark.
1: Goes underwater. Girls scream.
0: Oh! Ah!
1: I. I take
2: that back. Finch's, your Finch sounds a little worse
1: than I like that. <laughs> American pie, full of country goodness and green pineness. <laughs> oh no, that's terrible.
0: Oh, what luck. I've got a french fry stuck in my beard.
1: I mean. I'll just take one more slice for the road.
0: Had it been the 90s, you surely would have had an American pie uh, tie in hostess pudding pie.
1: Oh good God, no, <laughs> stop. <laughs> the skull,
0: the real in the real apple chunks in the vanilla pudding.
1: Ooh, yeah.
0: That's yeah, a snack,
1: Jim. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I could see the commercial, yeah, where he uh <laughs> <This> <laughs> we were this Eugene is before Levy. America knew I was, was
2: a monster.
0: Eugene Levy opens up the refrigerator and like hundreds of American pie pudding pies fly out smack him in the face.
2: And then he makes a joke about poop play.
0: What are you doing, Jim? I'm just under the covers eating my American Pie pudding pies from Hostess.
1: <laughs> you know, your mother and I, uh, <laughs> we had a little game we called pudding pie. Uh,
0: <laughs> uh, no,
2: <laughs> <laughs> we called it American slip and slide.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, another another tie-in. I mean, you would have had like a shitty 80s Nintendo game where you're jim running around town trying to collect all the slices of pie before the time went out. it's like
2: a, it's like an overhead you know he's like walking into the no. kitchen then he grabs yes. his no no
1: it's powers up like that, it's like a back to the future two and three game where you like your hoverboard left and right
0: <laughs> yep, yep pie. okay so um speaking of which we're finally done with american pie yay oh, so so now uh, thrasher you are picking the next uh, series we're doing
1: Yes, we are going to do the Batman 66 trilogy at long last. So we're going to cover yep. uh, the Adam West Batman movie from 66. And then we're going to watch the two animated sequels where they got back a lot of the original cast. Uh, and I cannot wait. I do. I uh, This particular incarnation of Batman is a very is a very special to me. Uh, very fond of it. I kind of wish we could get back to a more campy Batman. I hate that the movies have to be so serious. And stripped yeah. down and yet equally preposterous. Um, <laughs> so so this is great. And yes, uh Jersey or sorry, Georgia Jason and I did record an audio commentary for the Adam West Batman feature film, but this is gonna be a whole new endeavor. I cannot wait to re watch it. I'll probably watch it with and without the audio commentaries. It's gonna be great.
0: Nice. Yeah, and if in, in the United States you can watch these um streaming on HBO
1: Max. Uh, yes, although I think the oddly enough, I think the 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 one from the sixties is also on Tubi. At least it was last month.
0: Interesting, good to know. Ruby. So yeah, Adam West. Uh, this should be fun. And uh, I mean that that film. That's a pretty early example, right, of having a movie based on a TV show be in theaters while the TV show is still on the air.
1: Yeah. Well, that was the irony is that the is that the movie came first. They and, and the idea was they would use the movie to sell the show, but there were production problems and as a result, the first season of the show finished filming first and was easier to sell. So then the movie came out later.
0: <laughs> nice. I see. Riddle me this. Well, very good. Um you can follow me on Twitter at @MATWB Uh, I've currently been doing a um, sub stack of uh, movie reviews I got on a list of screeners and I've uh, I've been talking about some real interesting low budget stuff including something with uh, Tom Sizemore who we talked about on the show recently called The Hunting of Hell Hole Mine oh yes and uh, also talking about stuff like Killer Kites, Space Wars Quest for the Deep Star so a lot of um, low-budget stuff <laughs> I've been getting. I have so many screeners in my inbox, I have a wealth of things to choose from. And I often go from the title, as you can tell. And, um, yeah, The Haunting of Hell, Whole Mine. It, it has an original, I think it's an original song, I think, at least composed for it. And it plays in the film no less than three times.
1: Got to get your money's worth. Oh, Got to yeah. get
0: the money's worth. And it, it's one of the last film appearances of the wrestler known as Zeus, who is in No Holds Barred, the Hulk Hogan film. So there nice. you go.
2: Yep. I want there to be a bad title out there. Movie that's based on the Bermuda Triangle is the third in the series and it's called Bermuda Cubed.
1: <laughs> that would be yeah, fucking awesome. Sure. That would be good. Then they can do Bermuda Cubed Hypercubed.
0: Yes. Uh, a Arash, cube where a Bermuda
1: Triangle crossover. Arash,
0: where can people uh, find out about you? Instagram, right?
1: Oh, yes. Instagram at WT2Art.
0: And Alex?
2: You can find me on Twitter at CrabNebula1914. And uh, check out my YouTube channel, The Trailer Project.
0: Very good. So for SequelCast, uh, you can follow SequelCast2 on Twitter at SequelCast.com. 2 or go to sequelcast2.com to check out all the past episodes or part of the Tokyo Beat podcast network
1: and our theme so, song uh written and performed and course. produced by Mark with the C check him out at markwiththec.com
0: there you go so for sequelcast uh, 2 this is matt
1: this is thrasher this is alex sane you know, your mother uh, liked to do a little thing uh, in the bedroom uh, she liked to call diving for dollars.
2: One time I took a never mind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, look looks like you're uh, I, I babysat you one time and now you're about to sit on my baby.
1: Uh I you know, we didn't we never talked about the post credit scene where it's it's Jim's dad and Stifler's mom in the movie theaters, apparently watching a concert, uh, La, uh, La Triviata Otto the Second, Adio al Passato, um, and she goes down on him. And there's that bit where we just see the the popcorn that no one's holding going up and down. <laughs> <laughs> that's stupid. Oh, you want to know how cheap this is? So you know Shermanator, how he comes back? Oh, that's great. right. Well, turns out, this is actually in the credits, that's not the theme from Terminator that plays, that is a knockoff, written specifically for this movie called The Shermanator, written and performed by David Lawrence. Oh, wow.